greatest marathon runner the world has ever seen has produced the fastest marathon the world has ever seen. Well, good morning. Who's pumped? Is that exciting for anybody? That's so cool. I was watching it. Uh, I remember earlier when it happened a few weeks ago, and uh, my friends were on a text chain, and my friends were texting out all the what's happening. And it's amazing that this is like a world record that we got to kind of witness happen. Whether you're a runner or not, I think it's exciting to think about the fact that Two hours uh, and one minute, which is honestly like I run half marathons. I've run a couple of those. And, and two hours, like that's a lot of people haven't even finished a half marathon in two hours, uh, let alone uh, a full marathon. So it's just so cool. So, so fun to be a part of it. Uh, and, and, you know, uh, Kipchoge, like it, he's just so good. And Danny and I were talking before service, like he's 37 He's 37 and he's out there just crushing a marathon like that. Uh, it is so cool. It just inspires. Uh, we, the Des Moines Marathon is today and the half marathon today. So blessings to all the runners that are doing that as well. Thought, why not talk this morning a little bit about uh, running as well. Um, we're going to be talking about Sabbath. But before we jump into that, what I really want to talk about, uh, and you're probably like, what does running a marathon have to do with a Sabbath? Like, what is restful about that? We'll get there, I promise. Uh, but I want to talk to you a little bit about uh, Bottle Klaus, Bottle Klaus there, uh, the guy who was part of the uh, handing out. I love at the end that he's like, uh, there were 13 stations. It's about two seconds a station. They're all perfect. So that, I'm responsible for 26 seconds of that record is what he's saying, right? You know, like that's pretty cool uh, that that's where he's saying like, yes, I am part of it and I'm excited about it. And uh, sorry, I jumped in really quick. My name is Pete Smith. I'm the church life minister here at Hope. Uh, and I, that's my day job. But I've decided, I did not realize that a bottle person is something you can do. Like that's a profession. So I thought maybe this morning, can I just try it out with you, everybody? Is that all right? Maybe, this, maybe I need to move on to something different. I brought my obnoxious shirt. When you have a costume closet, you got to find reasons to, you know, bust out costumes, right? Got my helmet, like what Bottle Claus had. Got my bottle. Uh, he had those cool, like, like, clear glasses. So I've got those. All right, here we go. Let's try it out. Now, Kipchoge has his own, he's got Bottle Klaus. He's got the best person in the world uh, who gets excited and all those sorts of things. And so instead, I thought this morning, instead of cheering on, yelling for Kipchoge, I thought maybe we could yell for our pastor, Danny, who also is a really fast marathon runner. So maybe Danny, I can be your bottle guy. So here we go. Are you ready? Here's my audition. <sighs> See how it goes. How's all that? <laughs> there it is. That was good. We didn't even rehearse that part. That was good. I feel like maybe I need to keep my day job. Okay, I get it. Thanks for indulging me. That has really nothing to do with the sermon. Just uh, felt good. <laughs> uh, so again, this morning, we're going to be talking. We're going to continue on with a series of 10 commandments in nine weeks. We're going to talk about the third commandment. Uh, that commandment is the Sabbath. Um, a lot of times we talk about the Sabbath and, and sometimes it's, we, it's something that we've talked about a lot or we hear about or we know about, but maybe it's not something we think a lot about. And today I want to just kind of throw out some ideas and throw out some thoughts about what maybe Sabbath really means and what it looks like in our lives. Um, Danny sends out an email every week, uh, and if you don't get this email, it's really good, and I would suggest emailing us so we can get it to you. He kind of talks a little bit about what the, 
what's going on in the church, but also kind of tease up the sermon a little bit, what we're going to talk about on Sunday. This last Friday, the email that he sent out, he kind of is talking about Sabbath, and he, he pointed out a stat that said 52% of Americans feel burnt out. 52%. And maybe that's some of you here. I mean, that's over half, so we've got quite a few people here, and so maybe that's half of us feel burnt out at this time. I would also think, though, that 48% of us, the other 48%, have felt burnt out or exhausted or tired at some point as well. I honestly think that we all are exhausted. I think that we are just so tired at times that there are uh, moments where we just don't know what we're going to do. Whether that be there's something that's going on at work or at school. Whether that be uh, family issues or family problems that are going on in your life right now. Maybe it's that you stayed up too late last night watching a show. Maybe it's that you're waking, up too early, you're waking up early in the morning and you're just, the coffee just hasn't kicked in yet. But we all are living this time, in our time right now, I think that we all experience exhaustion at times. One new way I think that is, that is kind of hitting us, and I kind of seen this before uh, moving back to Iowa. My family and I were in Pennsylvania. We were working at a Lutheran camp out there, and I would hire college students to be counselors. And they were awesome. They were great. But one thing that I noticed that was a little bit different with them than, you know, counselors that I'd hired when I worked at Riverside or myself as a counselor and working with other counselors in college uh, years ago um, was this, was that there was a lot more people uh, and counselors that were dealing with anxiety and depression than what I knew of before. Taking medication for that. And, and I think that that's something that is kind of happening in our, in our young, with the younger people in this day and age. That they're feeling this pressure, they're feeling this exhaustion, they're feeling this desire, that they're, this force that they're being forced to try to keep up. Whether that be grades or I think social media is another one of those things. Where you have to take the right picture at the right time with the right people doing the right thing. So that it looks like you have your, your life all put together correctly. That you're not tired. But I think that we all are. And so that's why I think that this topic of Sabbath is so important for us to talk about today. That I think that it, it goes beyond just like um, if you are a kid or an adult. I think it goes beyond if you are married or single or are in school or have a job or retired. That we all experience this at one time or another. And God wants more for us than that. So today we're going to be talking about Sabbath and Sabbath, the definition for Sabbath is a lot of times I think we think that it's a day, right? Observe the Sabbath and it's a day, but I'm going to challenge that a little bit and talk into that a little bit more that I think it's more than just like Sunday. But I think that it is a choice and it's a way of life that we need to kind of adopt. Sabbath is defined as a day of rest. It comes from the Hebrew of Shabbat. Uh, which uh, also means a day of rest. But what I thought was interesting as I was doing some research, Shabbat then comes from another Hebrew word called Sabbat, which means to stop or to cease, which I think is so interesting. A day of rest makes sense to me. And okay, I understand what rest is and I know what that means. But when you kind of dig in a little bit deeper into what this truly means, to stop or to cease means to stop whatever those other things that are happening the six days of the week, you need to stop. You need to rest. You need to cease those things in order to observe what the Sabbath means. 
As I was doing some research about it all, uh, one person that I read said that, that they believe that the Sabbath is, one of, is like the, one of the main commandments that American Christians break most often. That we don't observe Sabbath. Sure, it's easy to not kill somebody, right? <laughs> that's easy. Oh yeah, it's really, that's easy and we want to, uh, you know, keep, keep God first. But Sabbath is kind of hard. Following that commandment and, and doing what, what it says, this third commandment of keeping this day of rest, it's kind of hard for us to do. Yet, I think that it is one of those things, like I said, we are so tired, that it is one of those things that we need to do. And so today, what I want to kind of look at is what that truly means. So if you want to, we're going to kind of be digging in. Uh, the scripture reading this morning that Lonnie read was from Exodus. Uh, we're going to be in chapter 20. And we're going to, if you want to, you can open your Bibles or Bible apps. You can, we're going to go to that. Uh, it's also up here on the screen. We're going to be looking at truly what uh, Moses kind of hands down as the third commandment on Sabbath. And what I think is so interesting before we jump into it is this, is that a lot of the other commandments, and you're going to see this in the words, I think, but a lot of the other commandments are like, do not kill do not covet. Do not commit adultery. Do not have any other gods before me. But this commandment, commandment number three, is not a do not, but it's a do, right? It's not a thou shalt not do this thing, but instead it is, this is what I desire for you to do. It also is kind of broken up in some pieces. Uh, I think that kind of Moses, uh, as he's kind of laying this out and, and talking about this commandment to the Israelites uh, off of Mount Sinai, that it's broken up into some pieces that are a little bit different than in the way that Moses kind of lays out the other commandments. So let's check it out here. It says, you have six days each week for your ordinary work, but the seventh day is a Sabbath day of rest dedicated to the Lord your God. So he starts it off, he says, you work for six days. He's setting the table here, right? He's setting the table saying, you are working for six days and, and, and that's great. That's what we want. But on the seventh day is a day of what? Rest. Yeah, it's a day of rest. Dedicated to the Lord your God. You were working for six days, but on the seventh day, I need you to rest. He continues on and he keeps going in verse 11. When he says this, he says, For in six days the Lord made the heavens, the earth, the sea, and everything in them. But on the seventh day he rested. So God not only says, okay, I'm identifying that uh, for six days you will work. And then I want you to rest on the seventh day. But here is the reasoning behind it. Here is the reasoning behind it. Because God says, I also did this. For six days I created heavens and the earth, uh, the land and the water, the animals and the plants and humans. But on the seventh day I rested. Yeah. Do as I do. How audacious is it of us to say, yeah, God, that's good for you. I'm glad that you were able to, creator of all of universe and everything else. Great, I'm glad you rested. I'm too busy. Right? That's pretty audacious, isn't it? To think that the God of creation took a rest and we don't need it. So God is saying, do what I did. I am modeling this for you. 
Now, for me, it's, uh, a Sabbath is kind of difficult when you work in the church. It's a little bit difficult because a lot of times we think of Sabbath as like on Sunday is the day of Sabbath. And for Jew- if you're Jewish, it's Saturday. And, uh, but like we think that it's a certain day. But what I want to try to say today is that maybe it's not. Maybe it's not a certain day, but maybe it's pieces of each day of the week. Or maybe it's uh, certain hours of the week that you kind of put in. And, and for me, that's what it is. It's kind of, I've got some different times throughout the week where I'm able to kind of just stop. Where I'm able to just kind of cease. I'm able to just kind of replenish and, 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 and not have to worry about what is going on. One of those happens on Fridays. My day off uh, typically is on a Friday, uh, and, um, and so Friday, I'm, by my, I'm home by myself. My wife's at work, my son's at school, and I, after, you know, you wake up, you work out, you get the, drop the kid off at school, you come home, and I'd come home, and I'd get my, help my wife get out the door, make lunch, or whatever it is, to help her get out the door, and then I do what my favorite thing is on Friday. I really like listening to records. Nothing like dropping a needle on the first part of the record and just listening to the whole thing, right? We've come to like, oh, we just want this song and this song and this song, the culture. And it's just, for me, there's something just so amazing just to hear the whole album. And so I sit down with a book. Right now I'm reading uh, Da Vinci's biography by Walter Isaacson. Isaacson. So good. Uh, and I sit down and for like an hour, I listen to music on my record player and read. And man, oh, it just fills my soul. When I'm done after an hour, maybe an hour and a half, if I'm really feeling it, I feel rested. I feel better. And then I do stuff. And then I do stuff the rest of the day, right? There's always stuff to do around the house or get stuff ready. So that when my wife comes home from work, she's not like, oh, what'd you do all day? (laughs) I read, you know. Um, But I take that time. I specifically, like, I, I carve that time out just to rest, to have that Sabbath. A couple weeks ago, I experienced it as well. And I, afterwards, I told my, my family, I was like, we got to do this once a month. It was so good. Uh, we went, my son, Beck, he plays soccer uh, for Gilbert. I'm the coach, and I have no idea what's going on with soccer. And so, but we're the King Cobras. The first day of practice, uh, I was like, okay, guys, we got to come up with a team name because nothing unifies each of us like a team name, right? And so I, uh, one kid said, snakes. I was like, all right, snakes. What else you got? And they're like, Pythons. And like, okay, cool. And then I was like, King Cobras. I was like, all right, cool. And then somebody else threw out, I don't remember what it was. And so then we voted and King Cobras won. So King Cobras is our team name uh, and it's pretty fun. Uh, And so a couple weeks ago, we had a game in Iowa Falls. Anybody have ever been to Iowa Falls before? Yeah. Anybody from Iowa Falls? No, maybe. If you are, I want to talk to you after. I I have questions about Iowa Falls after this. It is such a cool town. If you have not been, it's like, you know, like 45 an hour away from here, 45 minutes an hour. Never been before. And I am amazed by this, this town. Like it is way bigger than what I thought it was. It has all sorts of things. I'm like, who lives in Iowa Falls? What's going on here? That's my question for you is really, tell me, I want to know what happens at Iowa Falls, why all these people are there. Um, and so we played the game at 11. And after the game, we were like, okay, cool, let's go get lunch. It's time to eat lunch. And so we went downtown. It's a cool downtown. All these cool things going on. And we ate at this old diner that's been there for decades and centuries. Who knows how long? It's been there for a long time. It's got a soda fountain. We talked to our little six-year-old about soda fountains. We got a malt. We ate some food. We walked around downtown. It was amazing. 
They have a bridge, a suspension bridge that goes over the river. And so we walked across that and jumped. I, showed, you know, I jumped and showed my kid what it's like on a suspension bridge as you're jumping. It's flopping all over the place. There's a cool park by the suspension bridge and then we played at the park. And all of a sudden, it's four o'clock. And we did not have any discussions about what our meals are going to be for that week coming up. We didn't talk about what the calendar is. We didn't talk about uh, what's happening in our kids' schedule or our schedule. Instead, the three of us, we got to be a family. We got to connect. We got to just stop whatever, everything else that was going on. We had no place to be, nowhere to go. To me, that was Sabbath. That was time to refill and replenish. Sunday mornings are also a Sabbath time for us. Now, like I said, Fridays are my day off and Sundays are a big long day. I'm here at 5.30 to help with all the loading and set up and here till 12.30, you know, or so when we load out and then we go, uh, I go home for a few hours and then I go to the link for a student ministry at 5 or 5.30 until 9 or 9.30. It's a big day. It's a long day. It's not really a restful day for me. But what is a Sabbath for us is that it's, we, right now my wife and Beck and my kid are over at Hope Kids. And they're able to kind of connect and learn and grow over there. And then we'll come to the 1030 service here. Where we then together we can be in a community with, with each and every one of you. Learning about who God is. Worshiping God. Letting, getting poured into as we also just are able to just be. Not worrying about what's for lunch. Not worrying about plans for the rest of the day or the rest of this week. But instead we are able to be together. So you see, for me, and what I'm trying to say is, it might not just be that it's a Sunday, but it might be parts throughout the week where you were able to kind of string these moments together where you're able to stop and be. To know who God is in your life, to be able to build that up, but to be able to build up relationships with others and build moments. You see, the Sabbath, God kind of shows us what it is. In Genesis, we kind of get to see that a little bit. Uh, and uh, in Genesis, in the creation story, we get to see a little bit about what the Sabbath is. And, and God says this. He says that uh, God blessed the seventh day and declared it holy. Because it was the day when he rested from all of his work of creation. It's a holy thing. Holy means something that is special, something that is set apart. Something that happens uh, not very often or something that you need to hold on to. Holy is set apart. It is something that God desires. And Sabbath is that for us. It's meant to be that. Jesus talks a little about the Sabbath as well. There are six times in the Gospels, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, when Jesus is confronted about breaking the Sabbath. You got to love that, don't you? Like he is just, he, he just pushes things. I love it. I love how Jesus doesn't just conform to what was going on, but instead sees something that maybe is not right and helps guide and lead. And so Jesus talks a little bit about this. Six times he gets confronted about it. And five of those he gets confronted because he was doing work. He was healing on the Sabbath. Somebody that was blind or somebody that had a skin problem or somebody that was sick. Jesus decided instead, I want to heal. And when he was confronted with that, his response was typically something like this that comes from Mark. That says, then Jesus said to them, the Sabbath was made to meet the needs of people. The Sabbath is meant for you. The Sabbath is meant to meet your needs, to be able to uh, be a part of what 
is going on. To heal yourself, to heal your relationships with others and with God. We all are exhausted. We're so tired. And the Sabbath is there to help us heal. So I was trying to think, like, why, why is the Sabbath important? What are the three things, like, there's three things that I could kind of think of, of, like, why the Sabbath was so important. And so the first one is this. The first one is that it's about trust. It's about trusting God, right? That, that when, when we do something and if we say, okay, I'm going to take this time and I'm going to just take this time to rest, to stop, to cease, a day of rest or whatever it might be, I'm going to trust that everything's still going to be okay. We can kind of see this. There's some stories uh, throughout scripture that talk about this trust and this idea of just trusting God and trusting that God is still going to be present regardless if we are uh, taking a break or not. One of those, uh, it kind of again goes with this Exodus story. We have the Israelites, God's chosen people, and they are in Egypt. They are um, slaves. They are making clay bricks for the Pharaoh. And they're crying out to God, God, come and save us. So God hears their call. Sends Moses. And I imagine all I can think of is like Charlton Heston, like, let my people go, right? And so, so he shows, Moses shows up under God's uh, uh, leadership and, and pulls the people out of Egypt. That builds some trust, right? We're starting to add some trust in the Israelites to God. And then uh, they get to this huge sea, this Red Sea. Pharaoh's army's coming after him. And what happens? God parts the sea. And they walk across safely. More trust being built up, right? The, the Israelites are saying, okay, there's something to this God who, who, who cares about us. They get out and they go across the Red Sea and then they start to, this trust starts to crumble a little bit. And they start saying, we are hungry, we're thirsty, at least with Pharaoh. It wasn't great, but we were fed. And so God says, trust me. Trust me, I'm going to send something to you to make sure that you are fed. In the mornings, go out and you can pick it up on the ground. It's like dew almost on the ground that you're going to pick up. They called it manna, which I think is what manna means. And it like meant, uh, what is this? I think that's so cool. Like, so they're going out, hey, Junior, go out and pick up the what is this for the morning, right? Uh, and so for the day. And so they have to go out and they said, only pick out what you need for that day. Only pick up what you need for that day. And so they go out and they scoop up what they need for that day, but they don't, not, not more for the next day. Just that day. Trust me, it'll come the next day. At night, they send quail. God, God sends quail for them for food and, and there's water from a rock. And God is saying, trust me. I have you. And he said on, sat, on Saturday, or before the day before the Sabbath, on the sixth day, collect twice the amount. That would be Friday for them. Collect twice the amount, right? So that you don't have to work that next day. Trust me, it'll be enough, God says. God says, look, I am going to rain down food from heaven for you. Trust me. Which is hard for us, Right? Well, if I take this hour of time or whatever it might be this day and I just choose the afternoon, I got stuff I got to do. But trust me, God says, the world will not end. We need, I, God wants us to be healthy. Which comes as our next second one here then is that it's, it's, it's about health, right? This trust leads into, yes, I want you to trust me so that you can be healthy. Jesus says, come to me, all of you who are weary, and I will give you 
rest. I'll give you Sabbath. Come to me, all who are weary, and I will give you rest, right? We all are tired. The times, where there's a lot of pressures that have happened throughout the, throughout the day. There's all these things, these, all these things that come at us all the time. And Jesus says, I care about you. Come to me. I will give you rest. Don't worry about those things. At this moment, stop and cease and be with Sounds good, doesn't it? Sounds really good. And I know you're probably thinking, Pete, yeah, this is great, great. Sure, but you don't understand. I got stuff I gotta do. Yeah, we all do. But God says, trust me, I care about your health. Trust me that those things will still be there tomorrow. Today, I want you to rest. Finally, the third thing that I could think about, and and Danny kind of talked about this uh, uh, the other week, uh, but it's idolatry. Is the third thing that I think of that with why Sabbath is so important, it fights idolatry. Over and over again, we put on our plate so many different things Sock, kids' soccer, kids' gymnastics, kids' dance, or maybe volleyball, basketball, football you name it, whatever the activity is. Or maybe it's a sports team that we like, a college sports team that we're just like, oh, I gotta, I gotta learn more. I gotta, what's, the, what's going on? What are the dynamics? Who's the next opponent? What's gonna happen next Saturday? Or maybe you're really just into, like, maybe it's uh, the, the Broncos. I used to live in Denver. Or maybe it's, uh, you know, the Vikings or the Chiefs or the Bears or whoever it is. All these things. I gotta know. I gotta know who, what's happening. I gotta know what's going on. Maybe there's some other thing, a family thing or whatever it might be. Uh, maybe it's work. When those things take over, they become idols. When those things get prioritized and and all of our time, all of our efforts, all of our money, all of our thoughts, all of everything goes onto them. Who are we worshiping? What are we worshiping? By taking that time and saying, for one day, for these moments of throughout the week or whatever it's going to be, I choose to stop. I choose to focus on my, uh, getting my relationships with God. I choose to focus on my relationships with my family or friends or whatever it might be. I choose to focus on myself and just to, to refill. It stops that idolatry. Or at least it helps fight it, right? What are we living for? What are we living for? It kind of makes me think a little bit uh, I'm currently I'm getting my master's at Luther Seminary and it kind of makes me think I'm reading a book for a, my class that I'm taking this semester and in it there was a story that was given to me by uh, it was told by a German economist and he was this German economist was uh, flying he was in uh, North Africa and he's doing some economy thing whatever economists do and while he was there uh, he was there talking about it uh, about their economy and then he got on a plane to leave. And as he was leaving, he looked out the plane window and he saw exactly what he was talking about, this, like what the problem was. And he looked out and he saw something similar to this. This isn't it. This is just the best I could imagine in my brain of what it might look like. He saw a mountain or a hillside with um, just, just dilapidated, right? Where the people of North Africa, what they did was they, they said, we need some farmland. 
And so they cleared at the base, right where they're at. They cleared it out. And they farmed there and then they thought, oh, we could do more. We could do more. And so they moved up more up the mountain, right, or up the hill. And, and they cleared out another spot and, and, they, and they started farming there. And, and then they're like, we could do more. We could do more. So they climbed up a little higher and they cleared out more and they did more. And they kept going and kept going until when they turned around and they looked behind them and they saw it all eroding away. All that hard work and, and that what they thought was success and, and what they thought was important was disappearing. It was going away. To me, that kind of hit, <laughs> hit a little close to home for me. What am I trying to push towards? What am I adding onto my plate? And what is suffering because of that? What mountain am I climbing up and, and constantly trying to do more and more and clear more and more? And what's falling apart behind me? Is it my family life, friendships, health, mental health, physical health, whatever it might be? Is that what's eroding away? How about for you? Are you pushing up that mountain to where at the end you're going to turn around and you're going to look and you're like, I made it. I've done everything. And you look and it's all just washed out. Are you adding more and more to your plate? And maybe then think a little bit about what a teaching that Jesus gave that I think honestly in Hope Kids, we talk about it every other month. And I think it's, we talk about it so often at Hope Kids, it's because it's so important. Jesus is talking about our faith and what our faith should be built on. And he says this, he says, anyone who listens to my teaching and follows it is wise, like a person who builds a house on solid rock. A person who builds a house on solid rock is not somebody who is going to constantly be looking or building and going more and going higher and going higher and looking back and seeing it erode away. But instead, it's because of the solid rock that we are built on, this foundation of Jesus Christ, the love that is shared for us of this person who died because they loved us and rose again to forgive our sins. That is what's important. Not the next task that we need to do, not the next thing that needs to happen, not the next meal that needs to be made, but instead to focus on who Jesus is in our lives and what that means to us and to our relationships. Now, don't get me wrong. Those things are important. Meals, making sure people are fed, the cleaning and all these other things, their job, friendships, all these things are important. But I think the most important thing for us to focus on today is the fact that Jesus loves each and every one of you. And Jesus loves you so much that, that, that he wants the best for you. And part of that best for you is stopping, resting, taking a breath. It might not be Sundays, but I think Sunday mornings are an important time to at least carve out that a bit of time to be able to be able to sit and rest and to, and, to, and to stop and to not worry about what's happening. But find your Sabbath during the week. Find your time to reconnect. Find your time to heal. 
so that it doesn't erode away, but instead we can continually base our faith to build on that rock. I bet you uh, when Kipchoge was running that marathon, as he was running, he was, it was hard. He's the best marathon runner in the world. He broke the world record and uh, he's the best, but I'm sure it was also not easy. But I'm sure that as he was running and as, as he saw his, his bottle holder holding that bottle out, yelling his name, pointing at him, he knew that there was some rest that was coming. He knew that there was something in that bottle that was going to help revive, help revitalize. There was a snack on top sometimes. I watched him eat that too, which was cool. But amidst it all, he knew that there was rest. So what's in your bottle? We gotta make sure that we take that time to be present, God and with those around us and rest. Please join me in prayer. God, we praise you this morning, God. We thank you for all the ways that you move. God, we thank you for the ways that you love us. God, we thank you for the ways that you model uh, who we should be and what we should be and how we should be. So God, I just pray that this week that you will show us ways that we can connect with you. God, show us ways that we can connect with others. God, show us ways that we can uh, just take time for ourselves too. To refuel, to reconnect, to refresh, God, to stop the worries that are always there. And instead, God, to focus on the love and redemption that you have in our lives. God, we praise you for who you are. God, we thank you for the ways that you move. We pray all these things in Jesus' name. Amen.